Hello and welcome back into another episode of the Jets Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Bonzanti. Welcome into episode 30. And sitting across the laptop from me is my good friend, co-host, Jared Romeo. JT, how are we doing? Joey, we are a little over a week away from the first Jets game of 2021. And man, I could not be any more like excited. I know I always say I'm excited. <laughs> man, this is actually exciting. Once that calendar hits September, I think that's the real indicator as to like it's time to wake up. Football is is coming. It's 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 a week away. So uh, a week from third, a week from today, right? Is, yeah, a week from today, over? the yep. Thursday night game will be kicking off. I lost track of time there, but it, it really is sneaking up on us. It is right here. Have a bunch of news to get into today. Fifty three man roster, roster cuts, moves from this week. A, a really a pretty busy week this week, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad that some of the moves that we made. Yeah, all the GMs were very busy after this last preseason game. You had to cut down from about 80 players to all the way to 53 by Tuesday at 4 p.m. And we all know out there by seeing Jets Twitter, some people are happy with the cuts we made, others not so much. Wow, did you mention Jets Twitter and unhappy? It doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a good match, but oh yeah, unfortunately that is the match made in heaven. It's an iconic duo. Yeah. Uh, so let's, I guess before we break into the news, we talk, briefly go over the Eagles' last preseason game. There's again, it's the last preseason game. There was a bunch of rain. Zach Wilson didn't start. Thankfully, I was very happy with that. We were talking about how he shouldn't get his snaps and how an extra drive against the Eagles was going to really help his development for Week One against the Panthers, but. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway, I guess, from this game, if any? Well, besides the thriller at the end with James Morgan throwing it up to Kenny Aboya for a Hail Mary and tying up the game at the end. I mean, that was awesome. But biggest takeaway um, off the top of my head is Ty Johnson. I could really see him being like developing into that RB1 role over Tevin Coleman very early. I'm not sure if Tevin will be RB1, but, I mean, Ty Johnson, that dude, he just runs hard, and it seems like he just fits this offense to a T. Yeah, I'm going to stick to my guns on last week's take for me. I, I think he, where Coleman will fizzle out as the season kind of progresses, I think he'll be more of that role model, that, that mentor. While Carter and Johnson, I think Johnson has a real chance – to carry the load for this team and uh, he'll have the opportunity. If he could, if he can accelerate in that role, he could be RB one for sure. Um, I think Ty Johnson's definitely a good takeaway. Not like it matters, but <laughs> we'll get to it a little bit later, but I think Josh Johnson played really well. I was anticipating him almost to have locked up that QB two spot for the jets. Uh, spoiler alert. He didn't, but uh, I thought he played really well in the uh, first couple quarters there. And I uh, was happy he got the start. But unfortunately for him, he's no longer a New York Jet. I mean, he is on the practice squad, but not, yeah, that still uh, counts. not on the active roster. But that was pretty much the biggest takeaway. Other than that, uh, I mean, the Jamie and Sherwood had a couple missed tackles there in the first drive, which was a bit concerning. But obviously, the growing pains with rookies uh, kind of have to expect that. But I'm happy he got the work in. I'm happy that the defense got the work in as well. The great thing about Sherwood, too, is he was always in the right spot. It was just he couldn't finish. And you know what? That will come, I think, eventually for him being 
uh, freshly new linebacker, pretty much transitioning from safety to linebacker, even though he did it last year in college a little bit, it's still way different in the pros, as everyone knows, and can put that together just by watching. And same with uh, Hamza Nazarildin. Like, he also, I thought, played pretty decently for starting the game at linebacker with Sherwood. But those two guys will most likely, if not rotating, uh, because Jared Davis is out for the foreseeable future, I think until like week six or something we talked about last week. But I could see those guys rotating or maybe Sherwood comes out on top or Nazarildin comes out on top. But I can we'll have to see how they develop into uh, starting linebackers on this team. Yep, that is a good takeaway also from the Eagles game. But that kind of wraps it up. I didn't really have anything else to see. This is the last preseason game. You just hope everyone makes it out healthy, which, you know, throughout this point is knock on wood so far good since the Eagles game. Uh, and that wraps up preseason. We move on to the regular season now. Uh, what news or do we want to go over the the cuts from this week and then the final 53? I think we should do that. All right. So I guess we can. How do you want to do it? Do you want to just list off some of the cuts uh, or do you kind of want to go through the starting roster? Yeah, here we'll start by listing off some guys who got cut. And some of these guys also have been picked back up and put on the practice squad. But there are some uh, interesting ones out there. We saw like guys like uh, Lamar Jackson getting cut. JT Hassel, he got cut and he actually had a brutal game against the Eagles. So I feel like we could have seen that coming. Vincent Smith cut. Josh Adams cut. Kenny Yaboya cut. James Morgan cut and the Panthers picked him up. Actually, he decided to go to the Panthers over the Jets. And Joe Douglas said that they wanted to bring him back to the practice squad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I kind of blanked out there. I was going to say something. But then I saw um, some of the, the updated Jets 13-man practice squad so far. So uh, out of sight, some of the guys you cut, Yebo was back on the squad. You said mm-hmm. Vincent Smith got cut, right? Yeah, and he's on the practice squad now. Yep. Uh, Montgomery and then Johnson, Lamar Jackson. Josh Ronald. Adams is on the practice squad. Lamar Jackson, yeah, you said that. Ronald. Yeah, and most of these guys, it looks like, are on the practice squad, which should be expected, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, outside of, you know, like when you look at the cuts as a whole, there's not that many. Sh- like, there wasn't that one where it's like, oh, my God, what's going to be the shocking cut of Jets? Uh, I mean, there ended up being one <laughs> that we'll get into. Kind of. It depends I, who you ask. <laughs> not exactly. It depends who you ask. But I guess in Jets world, overall, the consensus was shocked. But actually, here's a shocking one. Uh, Sherrod Neeson getting cut, I think, was pretty shocking. I thought he could have been a decent safety for us to have as depth and also considering now that ashton davis is on the ir it just seemed like he could have had a place on this roster to me yeah i'm not too shocked about it (laughs) (laughs) nothing shocks you joey i will say though i mean mike white's back of quarterback and i think that should have been expected i i I saw it coming obviously but you know I could have, I really thought that maybe Josh Johnson after how he performed was going to sneak on his QB two, but I still don't feel confident in Mike White as my backup quarterback, man. I, I don't know if something's going to shake loose here. We bring in Foles or, or what the deal may be. Cause I know they're trying to move Foles, uh, Chicago that is, but I do not feel comfortable if, if Wilson goes down, I don't feel comfortable with Mike White at all. 
to be honest, I feel like at this point, Mike White, even more so than Josh Johnson, was the clear choice as the backup quarterback. But like you said, it's not a comfortable situation as a backup quarterback. And I know we've been preaching pretty much all offseason, like, oh, let's see what it doesn't matter. The backup quarterback, we don't need a veteran. And then we've kind of started drifting away from that take. But yeah, now it's like if Mike White is playing the game, it's not going to feel good watching that game. That's for sure. And like, I know I'm, I'm contradicting myself, but I, I know I said, you know, it doesn't really matter about the wins and losses to an extent this season. And I just want to see the growth, but just to, if Zach Wilson did go down, God forbid, I don't want to see, I think the offense would be okay, but with the right guy, I don't know if Mike White could be that guy to just hold things, hold the fort, uh, sorry, hold the fort down while Wilson is out. But we won't even talk that negative energy into the podcast. Wilson's playing every single game this season. And uh, one correction on my part: Sherrod Neeson was actually signed to the active roster yesterday after they moved Ashton Davis and some other players to the IR. So there's a lot of moving parts sense. here. So yeah, it it's hard to keep up with, to be honest. But there. Some other claims we made, uh, Sheldrick Redwine from Cleveland, uh, he's another safety. We brought back both Dan Brown and Ryan Griffin, tight ends. Uh, Jabari Zuniga was recently just signed to the practice squad. And uh, the funniest one, at least in my opinion, is uh, Quincy Williams, Quinnen's brother, is now also on the active roster. He is a linebacker, so maybe he could get some reps in while Jared Davis is having this uh, IR stint. From what I can remember, uh, Quincy Williams is actually a, a decent linebacker. Like he, he's not terrible. Obviously there's a reason why he's, you know, why we saw why he was cut and why he's signed now. But I think that in terms of depth, it can't hurt while Jared Davis is out. Like you said, you know, is the, the more depth we can get the familiarity, I think with Quinn, I think will help the defense and, Obviously, I'm sure there's been conversations between Salah and Williams about it. And I'm sure, too, as once Jared Davis comes back full time, full go, he's healthy. Maybe Quincy, Quincy will be the odd man out. But yeah, for now, it's like we need some depth at that linebacker position. We have two rookies. Blake Cashman's always hurt and he's not really looking like he's going to be a starting guy anyways. Bring on another guy and why not bring on the brother of pretty much our best defenseman or defensive player right now. This isn't hockey, JT. I know I'm getting all my terms mixed up. Defenseman, defense, it's all the same. So then when I'm looking through um, the rest of the roster here, I don't see many surprises. I mean, outside of um, what we're going to mention in terms of the moves that the remainder remaining moves that we made. So let's talk about the, uh, the two trades or I'm, yes, the two trades that we made this week to acquire and to get rid of players on our roster. I guess starting off with the uh, the Shaq Lawson one, were, were you surprised by this or what was your reaction? I think I was more surprised by the player itself when we were talking about possibly trading for an edge. You know, everyone kind of went to the big flashy players like uh, Everson Griffin and players of that nature but yeah Shaq Lawson it makes sense position wise and it's interesting just the player itself I mean he spent some time in Miami got the big contract and then didn't live up to it now he kind of went to the Texans and now he's with us and 
I'm excited for it. I, from what I've read and heard on the chatters of Jets Twitter and other sources, it sounds like he might just be a third down or no, he might be an early down kind of guy, a little bit better against the run and then let Bryce Huff or JFM come in that edge and be that passing game specialist. But at the end of the day, a move I'm f- completely fine with and honestly a move that JD probably had his arm twisted a little and needed to make something happen here at the edge position. And the compensation we gave up was a um, sixth, right? Yeah, I believe a sixth. So Something I think like uh, one of the players that – so we essentially – who was the Jordan Willis that we um, traded away to the – Yeah, to San Francisco. Exactly. So we essentially flipped him for Shaq Lawson. Um, that's pretty good value if you ask me. <laughs> getting, a, yeah, getting a guy you could add to, add depth to the edge rushing position, especially – and I will say I freaked out though because I'm sitting at work and I pick up my phone and all of a sudden I see tweets about Lawson, Lawson, Lawson. So I'm thinking what happened like – did Law- is, is, is Lawson coming back? Carl Lawson, that is. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, did we trade Carl Lawson? And all of a sudden I realized it was Shaq Lawson. That's uh, the so other funny part. We lose one loss and replace him with another. We have a lot of, you know, Carters and Johnsons and <laughs> now Lawsons. <laughs> it's a lot of duplicates out here. So that, that's funny too. I see a theme here. We might get another Wilson soon. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then I, so, so we, that happens. I was overall happy. I don't think it's a move that you're going to, you know, jump up and down and say, this guy's going to come in and have 10 sacks or 12 sacks or whatever. It's not, it's not Carl Lawson, but it's good depth. And hopefully he can have a decent season. So now we move on later to the week and we ship off one of our players. Uh, not too surprising here, but I'm really happy about the, the return that we got on Chris Herndon. We trade Chris Herndon to the Vikings for a fourth round pick. We send over a six with him. I mean, amazing value for a guy that I would consider a bust. Yeah, I mean, at, like you said, it wasn't a surprising move. I mean, th- to me, the surprising part was that he was traded. I didn't think he would have much trade value. I thought this might be something where Joe Douglas is just saying, you know what, let's just ride out Chris Herndon. Maybe something clicks this year. Or Joe Douglas says something like, you know what, just get rid of him, release him. But clearly he decided to go through the third option and say, who else wants him? And the Vikings just lost to Irv Smith to a knee injury. And they gave us a fourth round pick for Chris Herndon in the sixth. I mean, to me, this is just incredible value. Like you said, for someone who pretty much could have been written off, could have been written off as a bust already at, the, at his point in this NFL career. So I can't expect much better than that. And to get him for a, for a, uh, fourth. I mean, that's, you know, you would have asked me if I'm trading him away. I would, I would honestly think it was going to be more in like the sixth range. And this is a guy that we were probably going to end up cutting too. So honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm not too happy that Tyler crossed my number one tight end, but I thought we were going to trade for Ertz. That's obviously not happening anymore after they have, uh, uh, rekindled that relationship in Philadelphia. He's staying there. I don't know what we're doing at tight end. I know we brought back uh, Ryan Griffin and Daniel Brown, but it's not the most promising thing at the tight end position on this current roster. So that's my only concern, honestly. For an offense that seems to be so 
tight end involved is a little concerning, but at the same time, I think this is a roster where it's like, you know what, we can get it done with these guys. Maybe not to the degree, obviously no one could get it done to the degree that the 49ers could get it done since of George Kittle, unless you have Travis Kelsey, but that's a different story. We don't have him, but at the same time, I think coaches and JD were probably just like, these guys can get it done where the offense will get, uh moving and can have its uh flow natural with these guys and there's no need to keep chris herndon there so now our draft capital for 2022 is looking immaculate i think what we have nine or ten picks now we have 10 total picks and it's like nine in the first five rounds hey man in terms of building a team knowing that this year is going to be another transition year with such i mean now we have the youngest roster in the nfl Knowing that we have that many picks, you know, now there's flexibility to move up. There's flexibility to get players. And we have a we have a lot of ammo again. And pl- we're gonna have a lot of cap space again next year. So again, just looking ahead, we're in a really good spot. I'm really happy with this return. And uh I just I I overall think it's a really smart move for a guy that we weren't going to keep. Let's be real. Um and let's move on to the next point, which would be, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought here. So we did Lawson. We did Herndon. Um, what else is there to talk about, JT? I think we uh, might have to break into our first ever voicemail on the podcast. Before we do that, I do have another thing to mention that I just remembered. Ah, there you go. Joey, you're losing your mind. <laughs> Marcus May tweeting out the uh, hand on the face emoji after Bless Austin gets cut, which we're going to get into right now. Bless Austin. Yes, the uh, Darrell Revis 2.0. I mean, this guy, it's like if you logged online yesterday and saw Bless Austin, you know, heard that he was cut and went onto Twitter, you would think that like a Hall of Fame cornerback just got cut from a team. I mean, geez, guys. And this guy graded out as like a 41 last year. <laughs> he was not a good cornerback. And I mean, this was the telltale. And, and, I don't know what else you need to see him getting cut in this cornerback room. Like what else is there to see? To be honest, there's a clear direction in the cornerback room that the guys are going in or the coaches want to go in and Joe Douglas want to go in. It's this younger group of guys. Not that bless Austin is old by any means, but it's clear that bless Austin just did not fit the system that, they're trying to put in that defense. Sala just didn't want it. And these younger guys have a better chance at succeeding. And they're Douglas's guys too. And obviously if you're going to take a chance on the young guys, you want them to be, you know, the guys that you drafted, you brought in, you think that could succeed within this defensive scheme. But let's hear a little bit more before we get on this huge rant, which I'm sure is going to escalate after this call, but our good friend, Kyle calling into the voicemail giving his opinion on this uh, whole Bless Austin situation. So I'm going to play it for you right now. Um, so this is your good friend Kyle calling in here. Uh, I'm sorry, current cornerback room isn't ideal. A lot of things about this team aren't ideal right now. We're rebuilding. It's a multi-year rebuild. And you would think a lot of fans would understand that, but scrolling from Twitter, obviously they do not. Like, keeping Bless Austin on this roster really would have made no, it makes no difference having him on the roster or not. He's not a good player. We've seen that the past two and a half seasons. He's not a good player. 
people are saying he's the only guy with experience on our team. I say no experience is better than the experience plus Austin has. At least see what these young guys have. They were going to take his playing time anyway. Obviously, he was not good enough to be on this roster. As we all know, this cornerback room is not experience. It's not the greatest cornerback room in the league by far. So you would think if Plus Austin, you know, had any worse, any at all, he would be on this team, and he wouldn't have gotten cut. Clearly, the coaching staff and Joe Douglas and, you know, the rest of the team did not think he deserved to be on the roster. And if you don't, if you don't deserve to be on this roster, that's just pretty bad, and that's pretty telling of what kind of player you are. And, you know, he doesn't pass the eye test. The eye test shows he's not a good player. I don't get why there's such an uproar about this. He's never been a good player. He's not... You know, a young, he's, he's young, but he's not like a guy who's still very raw, who can, who shows potential or who, who can, you know, break out. He's not going to do that at this point in his career. He's a bad player. So just cut him loose and see what the young guys have. And, you know, maybe we'll pick someone, someone up. And if not, who cares? Let, you know, let the young guys play it out. We're not winning anything this year anyway. Let them get the experience, see what we got, and we'll address corner in the offseason. Yeah, and that, that was a great call. So thank you, Kyle, for calling in and, and kind of giving your your mind on that. And I agree with almost every single point that he said there. You know, obviously, if Bless was good enough, he wouldn't have been cut. You know, you, you play yourself onto an NFL roster. The only person that controls your, – you control your own destiny when, you, when you're playing for a spot on the NFL roster. If you're good enough, you're going to show that. You're going to prove that. And maybe it might not happen – you know, we've, we've seen players that sometimes have been cut earlier on in their careers when they shouldn't have been cut. And that may just happen because of fit, because of the scheme, or it may just happen because they're just not that good at the time. I mean, we've seen, I mean, remember when we had Danny Woodhead and he got cut? And just as an example, that's the first one that pops into my head. And then he goes and has a really successful career uh, over in New England. But Bless was not good enough to be on this team. He had flashes last year, but sometimes flashes are not good enough. You need to show consistency and just never saw that out of him. Yeah, Kyle put it perfectly. He just said, like, the best players are going to play. Clearly, Bless was not one of the best corners on this team. We already have a large cornerback room. Can't carry eight. We're only carrying seven. And it's like, we're basically carrying six because Hardy's pays just a special teamer. Yeah. The best players are going to play in the NFL on every team. No one's going to go out there intentionally playing someone that's worse than what they could have had. So clearly bless Austin just wasn't one of the better cornerbacks in our room. The guys who we have there, Bryce Hall, Isaiah Dunn, Brandon Eccles, Jason Pinnock, like they're the guys who Salah and Joe Douglas think can really thrive in this system. That being said, I do remember last year, it's like, yeah, bless Austin in the year before that. And he kind of got a little excited with some of the stuff he did on the field. But overall, I know people said, oh, he's going to be the next Revis kind of joking. But I think too many people bought into that narrative when it was just all a joke, guys. No one's going to be the next Revis, and Bless certainly wasn't going to be. And it's also the harsh reality of things. If you're a fan that's out there and you really think that we're going to realistically go out there and win seven or eight games this year, even though I had us at seven, I probably I lowered that down to six now, more on JT's side after the loss and injury because I think that he makes that much of a difference on the team. The harsh reality is 
this is the new regime right here. You know, we're talking about the last two years, last two drafts that Joe Douglas is bringing in, and he's trying to fit the scheme of Salah and his defense. So why not roll with the guys that you're bringing in, the homegrown guys, take a chance on them, rather than a guy who hasn't really progressed and hasn't graded out well and at the NFL level at all. And, you know, I hate, I hate to say it, but anyone who's putting the, you know, overreacting to this and saying, wow, I can't believe Joe Douglas did this. This is the best corner, including DJ on Twitter saying that this was the, this is the, this is the move that would move the needle for the Jets to lose to the Panthers. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. If you want to talk about a move that was going to change that whole trajectory, it's the Carl Lawson injury. That could actually cost us winning games, not bless Austin, a corner that can't even make an NFL roster with the youngest cornerback room in like NFL history. I don't understand how you think that is the difference maker in week one. Yeah, it was clear. He just, he did not belong in the field. I also think he was suffering through some injuries or something was going on behind the scenes. It's just clearly he was not a fit, but at the end of the day, I'm okay with the cut. I'm fine with the corners we have. As we've said many times, this is not a playoff team. Never has been anyone who really thought that. Like, guys, you were kidding yourself if you really thought that this team was playoff caliber. And then everyone freaking out, like, we need to go get a corner right now, a veteran corner to, to patch things up. What are we What are we rushing and patching things up for? Like, let's see who can progress at the NFL level for out of our young corners. This is a gold opportunity this year. I feel like our offense is in a really good spot. They could hold their own. We're going to have Zach Wilson. We're going to have Corey Davis. We're going to have a really, I think, decent offensive line this year. Let them grow together and let, let us see what the defense can bring to the table with our young guys and who we're going to keep on this roster next year. This is going to be like a full year of real live training camp for, for 18, 17 weeks. So, Let's go out there and see what these guys can do. And hopefully we t- can take, you know, we could say, wow, Bryce Hall is, is going to be that guy for us. And you know what? Eccles is going to come out and he's definitely going to be on this roster next year. So it's it's going to be good experience for these guys. And I think this is the right move for sure for this team, for this organization and the way we're building and the traje- the trajectory of this team. Well put, Joey. I think I, I, think I got it all out. <laughs> yeah, I know you've been holding on to that one ever since yesterday. Yeah, because I was tweeting out a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, the week before we really... Next week, we're going to get into the preview. Uh, we're going to have to switch up the schedule. I mean, Thursday nights are for football, right? Always. So it seems as if we have come to this new agreement that episodes will be recorded on Tuesday nights now. They'll release Wednesday morning. Um, I think that's what we're going to try to go with. And I, I don't think, I think it's subject to change at any point just because, you know, I'm in school, you know, we got work and stuff. So we're going to try to work around a lot of things, but we're, that's the new plan heading forward. And I don't know if you mentioned this at the top of the episode, Joey, but this was episode number 30. I did mention it. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that though? 30 episodes in 30 episodes is pretty crazy. And to think about, you know, sometimes I think during the season, if we have time, probably getting in maybe sometimes two episodes a week, depending on if there's a crazy game or something crazy happens. We may do like a, who knows, like a quick hit after one of the games or who knows what the hell can happen during the NFL season. So I think that we could really pump out a decent amount of episodes this season. And uh, yeah, I, I think the calls, the the voicemail thing is awesome. Like if we could just get more people to call on, that was, it's just cool to hear, 
someone else's opinion on the show and it gets me riled up so it's fun <laughs> yeah that was great make sure to call in on the episode make sure to also tweet at us and follow our twitters yep at hall and hondos at stacking dollars at jets lab pod is the uh the oh my gosh podcast <laughs> twitter handle <laughs> no i just had a brain fart long there. day long day yep it is uh so tuesday wednesday morning uh expect the episode to come out that'll be the panthers week one preview so the official season uh podcast episode which is going to be it's going to be amazing i can't wait to preview the panthers i almost spoiled it last week when i started to go into it but uh next week we could do the full the full breakdown sound like a plan jt oh i cannot wait for it like bart scott can't wait can't wait baby thank you guys for listening uh we will talk to you next wednesday and as always go jets